Hey guys, welcome back to another session of this space selling on Amazon Basics course. And in this video, we're going to talk about the downsides to selling on Amazon. Um, <clears throat> I did talk about this if you listened to the last video a little bit. want to reiterate that, yes, there are downsides to selling on Amazon. None of these downsides should be a, a, a point of, well, well, I'm not going to sell on Amazon because of this downside. The upsides to selling on Amazon way outweigh the downsides. So if you haven't watched the upsides video, at least watch that so you understand that while, yes, there's downsides, the reason you want to deal with these downsides is because those upsides are so great. So I just want to reiterate that before we get going into the downsides because I think if you just hear about the downsides, you might be like, well, I ain't touching that platform possibly. So, so to start with it, and this first downside is something that you run into whenever you use somebody else's platform to sell your physical product, whether it be Amazon, Facebook, eBay, any of these companies. Uh, if you're running Google ads to to draw customers into your website, you're going to run into this issue. And that issue is, is that these companies by nature, they don't want you to grab um, customer data and they don't want you to convert a customer of theirs to... Um, your customer and the the on one side of it is is if you're you were running like google ads or facebook ads there's a little bit of this but it's a lot more extreme on the amazon side where they are doing i mean they say that they're doing they're holding back i i information about their customer the customer for the customer's privacy but it's not about the customer's privacy it's about them owning the customer and not allowing you to take that customer from them. I.e. what they're saying is, yeah, we want you to sell a product to this customer, but this customer is ours. And if they buy another product, we want it to be purchased through our platform, not by you coming on selling one product to this customer and then pushing it over to your own website or something. So in cutting us completely out of it. So it's an understandable thing, but this is a huge, huge downside. So, and what I think is even bigger about the fact that you don't own the customer data, so you can't really remarket to these customers and things like that. Yeah, that's a huge downside, but the bigger downside to this is that while when you're selling on the Amazon platform, when you're selling on any other platform, it looks to you on the surface like you're selling to millions and millions of customers, which which in theory you are. You are selling to 100 different people a day or whatever it may be by the size of the scale of your business. But the problem with it is, is that those customers are not your customers. They're Amazon's customers. And so while it looks like you're selling to a lot of different people, you really only have one customer and that customer is Amazon. And if Amazon decides they don't want to sell your product anymore, boom, all your customers go away. So the right way to look at it is not that I'm selling my product to 100 different people but i'm selling my product to one person and that's amazon and at any point in time um amazon could say well we're not going to buy from you anymore and your whole business is gone and that is a huge 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 scary no no thing when you're running a business i mean take any business class and they will tell you do not only have one customer. You need to be diversified. You need to be spread out. So if something happens with one customer, you have these other customers in the background. So 
that is the number one scary downside of all this is the fact that you don't own these customers. And that's why as you watch videos, you're going to see me preach, preach over and over again that I'm not against people starting a business and only selling on Amazon. But what I do encourage those people to do, because I made this mistake early on in my business, and I still see people making this mistake left and right around me today where they get on Amazon, they start making money, and they're like, why would I ever do anything else because the money is so good on Amazon? And it's it, it boils down to this is that you're only you've only got one customer and that customer could decide to not buy from you any other day so i'd much rather start a business where even if i'm selling the same products to somebody else for less a less profit at least i have that income coming in that is not from that one single entity and so you're going to see as we go along this course and if you watch other videos that i'm going to be that are being produced on the Academy website, you're going to see that it's going to be preached over and over to you again. Diversify. Start thinking about how you can grow your business beyond Amazon. And I'm actually working on a course right now that's specifically tailored to this because um, in the last two years, I decided to make that step where I was going to have some of my income grow off of Amazon and... So what I did is I started a wholesale division of my Amazon business, which basically means now I work with other Amazon sellers to help them procure inventory for their stores and start propping their stores up with sales. And that course is going to walk you through exactly how what I believe you don't have to have the same business that I do. There's a couple things you need, but I believe any Amazon business could could leverage this wholesale platform to grow their business so that you're diversified away from Amazon. I think it would work with anybody, um, with any business. And so I'm putting a course together that just kind of lays out step-by-step step how I did this. And and the beauty of it is, is that, I mean, I, I did this two years ago and now 50% of my business is that wholesale business and 50% of my business is Amazon. So really half my income is now coming from sources other than Amazon, which is a very comforting thing for me. So I don't want to beat that one too down, but it, as you can tell by the way I've talked about it, is I'm very passionate about that one, that that is something that I think a lot of sellers overlook. And I do believe that it is an important thing for you to really be thinking about, even if you're just at that point where you're starting to think about selling on Amazon. Like I said, from day one, you do not have to be diversified. It's okay to go into Amazon. But I think it's very important for you to acknowledge that I don't want this to be my only selling channel. And for that reason, these are my plans two, three, four years down the line when Amazon takes off and I'm making a lot of money that I can start investing some of that money back into building these platforms off of Amazon to have income coming in from other sources. Another great downside, and this is kind of a newer thing to Amazon, truthfully, but I don't think it's something that's going away. And... Um, 
I don't think it's anything that's ever going to, well, it might get better, but, but right now it's, it's really a hot button topic and, and that's product restrictions. And what that means is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it, it's just annoying. So, uh, basically what's happening out there is companies. So there's a lot of people out there doing retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, and all these different sourcing methods where they're not buying directly from a distributor to sell on Amazon. Now, I want to make it very clear because I think there is a lot of confusion if you don't understand. When you go into a retail store and you buy an item, then you try to resell it, that is 100% legal to do. There is no law in the United States and I don't know about other countries. Maybe there are laws in other countries. I'm not going to speak to that. But in the United States, it is 100% legal to buy an item from a retail store and turn around and sell it. So people do ask the question, are these business models legal? And they absolutely are. But the problem is, is that manufacturers of these products are clever and they try to find ways to prevent you from doing that because... When you buy something from Target and you go sell it on Amazon and you make a $10 profit, that manufacturer is not seeing any profit from your sale. And they, to them, that isn't fair. But because they're manufacturing a physical object, they can't really do much about it. Once they sell it to you, you take ownership of it. It's your freedom to do what you want with it. And this has been tested in court and proven. So... So what, what they have done is they've put in top-level pressure onto Amazon. So maybe maybe they're selling products directly to Amazon for Amazon to sell. And they might put things in there that say, well, we'll give you this pricing if you restrict any third-party marketplace sellers from selling your item. Or they might, uh, they might uh, say, oh... All these third-party vendors that are selling this item, they're not certified by us, and they're probably selling counterfeit items, which they're probably not. They're probably just going and buying them from Target and selling them. But they're just putting pressure on Amazon to say, no, don't allow these people to sell them because we want a cut of every sale that Amazon does on our product. And as of right now, um, Amazon is, is allowing them to do that. And I think they're allowing them to do it because it's easier to allow them to do it than to sit there and fight and say, like, no, you can't do that. But what I think will happen is when Amazon sees that this is affecting their marketplace and Amazon.com overall, right now it's a small enough thing that it's not really affecting their business. But eventually, if it gets big enough, it could affect their business. And then I think at that point, this is where we might see these product restrictions go down because Amazon might actually step back and say, no, we're not going to do this because it's affecting us now. So the problem with it is, is that on an overall scale, it doesn't affect Amazon. But you as an individual seller, it could affect you greatly. You know, um, an example of this is re just this year, I have, I know I have a wholesale client that sells video games. And just this year, PlayStation kind of restricted everybody on selling any PlayStation games. Well, when when that happens, think about it. I mean, there's two major 
I guess we could say three major consoles out there, Nintendo, Microsoft, and and Sony. Well, they just cut him off of a third of what he was selling because he could no longer sell PlayStation. So, so these product restrictions can have a huge effect on people. And there are ways to get approved to sell these items, but it's just one more hurdle that you have to get over. Most people don't do don't ever try to get approved. You probably could get approved, but it's a tedious process. A lot of times it takes multiple tries to do it. So you're going out and you're ordering product from a distributor that you might lose money on, but you're just ordering it just to get this approval from Amazon and they might just keep rejecting it. So it's a very frustrating thing. And on top of that, there are simply items that they just say, we're not allowing you to get approved for. So... This is a problem now. I think in the immediate future, this is going to become more and more prevalent. But then I think that there is going to be a breaking point where we see product restrictions kind of start to disappear. And the next one is another pretty tender one to me. And that's because this was actually part, this was, I've been affected, well, my rule of thumb with Amazon fee and policy changes, you, you're going to get a colossal change every three to five years. That's just going to devastate your business. And and um, we just recently had one this last May that happened to us. And and there there's I we're going to be producing videos about them. It's it's with Amazon came up with this restock limit. Uh, thing which was basically just another way for them to restrict the amount of inventory that people were sending into their warehouses and and these changes a lot of times these changes what Amazon is doing is they're looking at their overall marketplace and they're trying to make decisions to make the overall marketplace work better the problem is is that Amazon's overall marketplace within it there's a million different subsets of people doing things so they might make a policy change that makes sense for the overall marketplace, but it absolutely devastates your business, but doesn't devastate like 60, like 60 percent of the other people aren't even affected by this policy change. And then the next time it comes around, it might be that it doesn't affect your business, but it devastates those 60 percent that weren't devastated by the last one. So but the problem is, is that you can't control these changes and a lot of times with this restock limit change that they made a lot of times they don't even give you a heads up that it's coming there it just i mean this restock unless i miss something the restock limit changes just appeared there one day and you know everything was normal one day the next day oh there's restock limits and nobody can send inventory to amazon so so i mean you have to be a person that's ready to deal with those changes and pivot and make adjustments to your business based on what Amazon changes. And some of them, a lot of them are going to seem stupid and a lot of them are going to be like unfair or, but the simple thing is, is that a lot of Amazon sellers I see I think most of them just sit and complain about these changes and don't ever sit down and reflect on their business and how to adjust to them. And I mean, I will say that with every major change they've made, I have learned something from that change that has made my business better. So, 
so like I have pivoted and you know maybe one month two months three months year before you fully get adjusted back to the way you were your business running as smoothly as it was before but in a way you look at back at the change and you say well I'm really glad that happened because I learned this but in the end you're like well I would still rather know what I know now and not have that policy change in place but the problem is is the policy change um is the one that taught you the thing you didn't know before so so in a way these are not totally bad things because you learn from them but at the same time they negatively affect your business and if you're not if you're not able to adjust and and pivot when these things happen you're going to have a very hard time and you're going to struggle greatly with succeeding with your business because every time you'll get it up something will happen and it'll devastate it and if you're not able to adjust to that devastation it's going to take you years to get back to where you were so I, I that sounds pretty scary but it's just one of those things that you have to realize is out there and like i said it it literally happens maybe three to five years um i have seriously been selling for 13 years and i can think of maybe two of these that have devastated me so and and there are little ones but the little ones aren't nearly as dramatic and and you work around them pretty easily so don't be terrified by this but just you have to go in with the mindset that okay i don't control everything here and somebody else can do something that's going to muck things up for me big time. And I need to be ready to make the adjustments to overcome that. And then there's always the number one terrifying thing. And this goes back to kind of the first one where you only have one customer. At any point in time, your account can get suspended. And um, for somebody that... For a lot of Amazon sellers, the number one thing they'll tell you is, is that, well, just don't do anything wrong and your account will never get suspended. And if you listen to that advice, um, you're, you're just not looking at statistics. So some of the companies that help people get back off of suspension say that a person that gets suspended, 90% of the time they can get their account back. So now I present to you the question of if all you have to do is not do anything wrong and you'll never get suspended, then why do 90% of the people get their account back? Because 90% um, of people not getting their account back tells me that they were suspended and it wasn't that big of a deal or you know it was a mistake. And the other side of this is, is that Amazon has pretty openly stated that an Amazon's account will never get suspended by a human being. It's always suspended by a bot. The only thing humans do is unsuspend the accounts. So if you know anything about algorithms and bots on the internet, they don't always work right. So, and I can tell you from first time experience, like there have been period of time, periods of time where Amazon has re released this new bot that's monitoring something and they're like, oh yeah, we screwed that up because that was way too aggressive. 
So, and then they change it and it becomes less, less brutal. I haven't seen that in a very long time, but at the same time that does happen. So it just tells you that they realize that there's, they're not doing this all right. And so there is always a possibility your account is just going to get, you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be suspending and be like, what did I do? And for that reason, you, this is just something you have to keep in your mind that this is a real thing. This happens to people. And yeah, 90% of the time you can get your account back. Great. But guess what? There are times when it takes a month. There are times when it takes three months. There are times I've heard five, six months. So if your sole income comes from Amazon and you lose your account and you're fighting to get it back and it takes you six months to get it back, guess what? You're not making any money for six months. Bringing us back around to the importance of diversifying yourself away from Amazon. So just always keep that in mind because it's a real threat out there. It's a real problem. Um, if you look up, there's Amazon suspension Facebook groups. And just go out there and read the posts. You'll see that people are getting suspended left and right. And most of the people that, to say that are on there don't understand why they got suspended. Um, I'm not going to tell you that that's a direct indication that every time somebody gets suspended, I mean, I, I would assume that if, if a person gets suspended and is doing something wrong, it's going to say they don't understand why they got suspended. But point being is that this is a real problem that exists out there and you need to be wary of it. And you need to be thinking about that as you scale this business up. You know, if you get into this, you do this for three months, you're making a few hundred bucks on the side and your account gets suspended that's probably not that big of a deal. But if you get to the point where you're, you're at the point where you say, I'm going to leave my job because I'm killing it. And then you leave your job and two weeks later, your account gets suspended. Well, that becomes a huge deal. And you need to have a plan to work around that. So, um, that's, uh, kind of wraps up the major downsides to selling on Amazon's as I've kind of been doing in the last few videos I just kind of show you the next uh the next video that we're going to be presenting and the next section of this is going to be two different Amazon business models and what what this is going to cover is basically I there are a ton of different Amazon business models but I break all business models into two major overall groups one you're selling a product that already exists in the Amazon catalog and number two you're selling a product that has never been on Amazon before and you're launching it to the first time. So we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between those models and the challenges with them. They are very, very different business models. So tune in for that video. We'll be back with that shortly. And thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a good one.